Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Drive for Show DFS for Doe here on Roto Grinders. Happy to be bringing you another week of golf talk here on the platform. And uh, as usual, we're rolling through the fall swing now. And uh, I am Justin Van Zuden, STL Cardinals 84. Have my usual co host, Mr. Derek Farnsworth, aka Notorious, alongside. Uh, Noto, what's going on this week for you? Yeah, not much. Uh, full swing in the NFL season. We got uh, NHL started today, MLB playoffs, and uh, full slate of golf for the next few weeks. So uh, life is good. It's busy. But uh, yeah, how was the Sanderson for you? Yeah, not uh, mega great, uh, though I suppose I can blame this on you uh, because I remember during last week's show when you mentioned that the uh, driving distance slider had never been greater. And I brought up, what about Luke List? on the show last week and i believe your quote was that you prefer him on more difficult courses and he uh he showed you who was boss by the end of the week so it uh, wasn't a great week for me uh but i'm gonna blame you for that <laughs> yeah uh, i'll take the blame um i was also on the action network show last week and we had to pick one guy to sell and uh naturally i picked lucas <laughs> uh to finish like 50th or worse um but, I mean, he gained – how many strokes putting did he gain? Just unreal amount. Doesn't matter. Um, doesn't matter. I was wrong. I'll, I'll eat it. Um, he did six strokes putting. I mean, come on. That's got to be the best of his career. Anyway. Uh, yeah, it was still a good week for me somehow. I didn't have any Aberg or Luke List, but uh, got six of six in Maine and uh, had a pretty good week to showdown too. Yeah, so I uh, – all kidding aside um... – would not have probably played Luke list anyway. Um, you know, maybe a handful of you know, multi-entry builds. I would have thrown them on some, but uh, on my main lineup, the first guy, the only miscut that I had and the first guy that I put in my lineup was Keith Mitchell, uh, who was also a long driver of the golf ball, but somehow managed to go his last 27 holes 
uh, on Thursday and Friday without a single birdie on that course, which does not uh, does not make things work very well. And I think he finished maybe four spots up from the bottom. So uh, Keith Mitchell was the big old L for me last week. Uh, was the only miscut in my uh, main lineup. So uh, and I think my highest finish was uh, T16. So uh, nothing crazy. Uh, did get five or six through the cut, but you really needed a six to six to make waves. Uh, at least in GPPs last week. Uh, and it was, you know, maybe not quite as much of a birdie fest as what we'll see with some, uh, but you did see lists there get to uh, 18 under par as part of that crazy five-man playoff. Uh, ben Griffin really could have won it, got himself in some trouble there on the back nine and uh, kind of went a little bit uh, backwards to the field and, and let that five-way playoff happen. But other takeaways uh, from last week for you? Man, the pressure really got to these guys on Sunday on the back nine. Uh, you mentioned Ben Griffin, bogeys two of his last three. Norlander had the lead for a minute. Um, he ended up bogeying two of his last five. And then Mark Hubbard on number 17 had a 12-foot putt to get to 20 under par, three putts from 12 feet, and then bogeys his last hole to miss the playoff by one. So if he just goes par-par, uh, he ends up winning this thing. But, uh, yeah, everyone was just kind of choking down the stretch. Didn't look like any of the guys that were finished had a chance. And then uh, the five-man playoff was pretty cool. Um, that was the only hole I watched all week. But uh, yeah, Luke List just drains a, a 50-footer. And uh, yeah, pretty, uh, pretty cool event. Yeah, naturally. Just to cap off the week. That's what he does best. Uh, makes the 50-footers and misses the five-footers. Maybe that's the key. Well, anyway, Luke List uh, ends up coming out of that five-man playoff with a victory. Kudos to him. And uh, just one of those, you know, typical fall swing events, weaker fields. Um, and it's going to translate the same this week. Maybe even a little bit better scoring this week uh, as we move to the Shriners Children's Open. Uh, excuse me, I had a hiccup there. At uh, TPC Summerlin, uh, which has been the host of this tournament for uh, for quite a while. So plenty of course history to go off of this week. And uh, what are you kind of looking at as far as the uh, course layout here? Yes. Well, on paper, you would think this would set up really well for the Bombers. The fairway is 35 yards wide on average, some of the widest that you'll see on the PGA Tour. Uh, you have three reachable par fives. But driving distance just hasn't had um, been that much of an advantage over the years. Um, I think it's a combination of a few factors. One, if you do miss the fairways, you're probably going to be in the desert. And then you're kind of just hoping you're not in a cactus or in a rock. Um, and then... Most of the holes are pretty short, so like the difference between a 110-yard approach shot and a 95-yard approach shot just isn't that much. Um, you generally see a bigger difference in proximity numbers when you get, you know, with your mid and long irons. So uh, I think that has something to do with it. And then just all the par fives are reachable by the field, even with shorter drives. So I think that has something to do with this. So I'm looking at approach play. Um, the greens are very large. Um, I think the average green regulation rate is probably going to be 70 75% this week looking at the forecast looks like there's gonna be no wind on friday saturday or sunday winning scores typically in the 20 under par range um wouldn't be surprised if it gets to 25 under so you're gonna have to make putts you're gonna have to hit your irons well and experience of desert golf certainly doesn't hurt um what are you looking at yeah definitely the birdie makers uh ball strikers and, uh, and guys in good form and i i play the course history angle a little bit here too uh, I don't know if, you know, the guys that play well tend to be the guys that aren't going to go out and uh, have a good time at night. I don't know. However you want to play that narrative, but, um, on these courses where we do have extensive course history and you see the same guys tend to come out here and play every year. Um, 
you know, desert style golf is a little bit different. So uh, the ball strikers, birdie makers, and then uh, good course history sprinkled in, I think are the, uh, the main metrics this week. And like you mentioned, winning score usually gets into the twenties um, pretty much every year over the last, uh, let's see, I put this in my uh, article today. I had the uh, history for, for this event, but uh, let's see, I got to find it here on the fly. There we go. <clears throat> Well, where did it go? I lost I lost my article. There it is. All right. So if we go back to uh, 2008, every year but one has been minus 16 or better, and that was one year where there were heavy wins. So uh, last year, of course, you had Tom Kim at 24 under, Sung J.M. at 24 under the year before that. Uh, cut line has been five or six under par. So definitely the birdie makers this week. And uh, we can go ahead and dig in. Four golfers above 10K this week. Aberg, the aforementioned Tom Kim, Cam Davis, and JT Poston. Who you like this week? Well, eventually, Obear is going to have a bad week, right? Um, that's what I keep telling myself. It doesn't ever happen. And he continues to burn me. Um, I mean, just amazing form. 14th, 4th, a win, 10th, and then second last week. But, again, I don't think the driver is going to be as big of a weapon. Doesn't mean he can't play well here. His proximity numbers from 100 to 150 haven't been as good as some of the other guys up here. So I like Tom Kim. Obviously won here last year. Um, he's been very good on easy courses. He's number one in the field on uh, less than mediocre wind conditions. So like no wind. And uh, yeah, he's just playing great too. So I like Tom Kim. Cam Davis has been a good form. I also like uh, posting quite a bit. But it's hard to fit two of these guys in there. So I'll probably just play Kim. What about you? Yeah, and kudos to you for getting uh, getting the name right because I still can't get used to saying Aubert after the uh, Ryder Cup when you know obviously you got a lot of airtime and Aberg is the English pronunciation yeah. to me, so yeah. Aubert uh, is perfectly correct. The uh, but model maniac on Twitter um, just had like Aubert like ten times in a row, and so now I just Aubert and then Aubert, yeah, Aubert. yeah. Uh, it still it just looks it looks like Aberg and uh, it's, uh, it's just gonna be Americanized. I don't know. I'll, I'll split it fifty fifty. We'll see. Uh, but uh, you know how quickly he's gotten to the top end uh, of the salary spectrum. Uh, just uh, I mean, surprised me with how well he played. Obviously, as you mentioned, got into that playoff last week. No jet lag factor for him. Uh, but I'm with you. I like. I actually like the other three guys above 10 K quite a bit. Um, I think Cam Davis is fine. He's played here quite a bit. Hasn't necessarily popped for an elite finish, but uh, does have some history playing here as this Poston. Uh, I think the course sets up really, really well for Poston. He's one of my favorite tournament plays of the week. Uh, right now we've got Poston as the lowest owned of the top eight, uh, top seven, I guess on the board. Um, so post and I really like in GPPs. I think Tom Kim is my favorite overall. Uh, he hasn't his last year at, at this event. I mentioned he won at 24 under par, uh, 48 pars and 24 birdies, no bogeys, no others, no nothing for Tom Kim. So, uh, that's pretty remarkable to go to 48 or excuse me, uh, four 72 holes of uh, bogey free golf four rounds and uh you know that speaks to how steady he was last year in his debut on this course so yeah kim one posting two for me out of this group uh any other thoughts on that top group of four for you 
Yeah, I agree with you. And uh, I really like Poston, but I mean, he's 35 to one. So I just bet him. And then I think I'm going to play Kim and DFS because Kim's like 10 to one. So uh, that's kind of what I did with my exposure to the top range. And yeah, that's pretty incredible for him not to have a bogey all week. Um, and he's showing, I mean, he had a quad on his first hole at the Wyndham um, and he came back and won that event. So uh, yeah, he's uh, he's pretty special and coming in a great form. Yeah, that's pretty cool if you can start plus four through one and then win the tournament. Uh, probably won't do that here uh, if you go a whole tournament without making a bogey last time. If you make an eight on the first hole, that'll definitely uh, set you back. But uh, he is is my favorite as well. Um, and and uh, I see Siwoo Kim now kind of mentioned. I don't know if we mentioned this on the show or not, but the uh, Asian games were a couple weeks ago and the Korean group won the gold medal in that, uh, which means they get out of their mandatory military service, which is, I think two years or three years uh, worth of military service. Uh, that's mandatory. We've seen a lot of golfers go through that and then not never really be the same when they come back. So uh, Siwoo Kim probably, uh, you know, on cloud nine uh, being able to, to get out of doing that. And uh, was it Sung Jay that he partnered with in that? I can't remember now. Was it the two of them? Yeah. Yeah. It was Sung Jay and uh, their score was ridiculous. I don't know how the scoring actually went, but they won by like 25 or something. Um, I don't know if it was like stable for it or, or what, but uh, yeah, really happy for those two. We've seen a lot of uh, Korean golfers, you know, have to go do the military service and then struggle to make it back on tour. So uh, really happy for those two. I'm sure um, they were pretty pumped about it. So uh, Siwoo leads off the 9K range. Uh, Eric Cole, another guy who's been on the on the rise here. Hoygaard at 9,600. Um, I mean, at this range to me, there's a little bit of a drop off. I, I just I like Poston and Davis and Kim so much that uh, Tom Kim that is that I, I just don't see myself going particularly into the upper part of this 9K range very much. Uh, but you like uh, prioritizing any of these guys. Probably won't make my main lineup, um, anyone in this range, but I do like two in particular. First is Adam Shank. Um, he's just been a top 10 machine all season. Uh, the two things he does best are hit irons and make putts. Um, he's been very good at this event too. He's got four top 30s in a row here and obviously coming in in really good form. Last time we saw him again, six strokes on approach at the Tour Championship. So I do like Shank. And then Eric Cole, you mentioned him a little bit. Um, he's number one in the field in birdie or better rate. And he's won 50 mini tour events. Uh, I found this out um, today, 50 mini tour events. And in those events, you just have to keep your foot on the gas the entire time. Right. So you can't afford to not make birdies. And that's kind of what this event requires as well. So I do like him quite a bit. The off the tee worries me a little bit, but the wide fairways, hopefully he can keep it in play. If he does, um, I think he could definitely be in contention once again. And Herbert, 9K again. What are we doing? <laughs> Probably getting him wrong. Um, I guess last week, I mean, he was up there for a little while and ended up finishing T28. So uh, that won't kill you at that price. But, yeah, I'm out again. I still don't think he's any better than he was last week. Although he's not quite as uh, – maybe not quite as egregiously priced, comparatively speaking, as he was last week. I can't remember now off the top of my head where he was last week, but I feel like it was a little bit maybe a touch higher than where he is right now. Yeah, something in the nine, high 9Ks or something. What about uh, Adam Hadwin, like the, the cactus, the desert course king? <laughs> uh, 
Um, I prefer Shank out of all those guys yeah. in that range. I like Shank. Um, and I put this in my article this week too, but like Shank used to be the guy that would finish T40 and every week. And now he's had a little bit more volatility to his game. And I just got to thinking, you know, maybe when he first came on tour, it was a, I'm just going to secure my really nice paycheck and make sure I don't screw anything up. And now, you know, that he's maybe a little bit more comfortable. Obviously he's got more experience. He's probably got a little bit more of a nest egg. Uh, he's playing with a little more aggressiveness and we've seen it pay off with all those top 10 finishes uh, last year compared to, to where he was a few years back. So I uh, like the upside that we've seen from Shank. Now he's no longer that only going to get you T40 guy. I know we've talked about that on the show a lot, but I actually do think that, you know, there is some merit to that. So uh, you got a hot take on Hadwin. I mean, it looks uh, like a couple people, at least in our lineup HQ, like him a little bit. So uh, I don't have a hot take. He's got elite course history. Always plays well on the desert courses. And um, shout out to Hondas. Well, didn't he have Norlander tag last week? He did. Yeah. I was, said that uh, was the crazy one. That was he, uh, pretty impressive. He was impressive. in the playoff. Yeah. So we'll see the uh, uh, the Hondizzle Wild Tag of the Week will be coming up at the end of the show. I actually don't think it's that wild this week. So, uh, But based on projected ownership, uh, he does have one kind of dark horse tag. So uh, we'll tease that for, for a little bit later. But yeah, no hot take on Hadwin here either. I think he's fine. Uh, but again, I'll just be getting to the 10K range. And then I like Shank. Uh, a good bit too so can't play everybody up here um but had when i'd probably have ahead of grillo ahead of herbert um and then that's when we get down into the uh, the 8ks so anything else above 9k for you uh that's it for me don't mind siwoo but uh probably prefer him benton than rather than dfs yeah what are his what's his odds to win he was 25 when I bet him. I think he's like 22 now. So, yeah, he's got better odds than posting quite a bit then, which is a little – it's crazy to me. I, I don't know. I think posting – I think posting's a little undervalued if you can still get him in the mid-30s. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's move into the 8K range. Uh, I like the bottom part of the 8Ks a, a, a little bit better, I think. Than the upper part. Um, not to say that these guys aren't bad. I mean, Norman, uh, we've seen flashes from him and Rye, you know, Smalley, but not super consistent. Um, you know, maybe Luke List will keep making those 50 footers this week, but uh, don't really want to play him at this style, style of course, coming off a win. Uh, looks like you might like JJ Spawn a little bit this week based on your little red tag there. But uh, I think my favorite above 8,500 is going to be Tom Hoagie. Uh, another maybe we've seen a drop off from him from that really hot spell that he had but another guy that tends to play well out here he can score a good bit uh in these birdie fests too can get hot with the putter so uh hoagie i think above 8500 it's not you know i don't think he's a must by any means and he, he is looking to be the highest owned out of this group but uh what do you like from from list up to spawn there yeah, I think Hoagie's the upside play. Um, what we know about Hoagie is he loves to gamble, and he's going to be in Vegas. So um, <laughs> that could be good or bad. Maybe he'll be in a good week, good mood all week, or maybe he'll be out late at the tables. But, uh, yeah, 4th, 14th, and 24th here the last three years. And then Spawn, I think, is the more safe play. Um, he's been in really solid form, top 40s in his last five, top 40 in three of his last four appearances here. 
don't really have any interest in uh, Norman or, or Smalley, but um, Aaron Rye is at least somewhat interesting. If you talk about guys that hit fairways, um, he's fourth in this field in fairways, and he's top 10 in approach. So if he puts well, um, I think it could be a pretty good course for Aaron Rye. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. So you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Yeah, and I think he might, uh, you know, he might fly under the radar a little bit uh, at that salary. I just don't see, you know, a ton of people clicking him, his name. Um, we've got him at 8% right now. I think that's pretty fair. So uh, a decent GPP option. Uh, if you're you're playing the uh, ownership angle there at that uh, at that price, so don't mind Rye, uh, but Hoagie is definitely my play in this group. Uh, I know we're going to have a little bit of agreement on the bottom part of this range, um, and you know five guys here. Let's for, so you got Putnam, you've got Svensson, you've got Hostler, you've got Bazunow, and you've got Hubbard. I've seen takes on all five of those guys um positive takes on all five of those guys already this week um you've been the hostler whisperer a couple times over the past month i've seen some bazooting out outright tickets uh on twitter and uh, some combination of either you or i uh like each of the other three plays in this range as well so and we've got all five of them between 11 and 16 percent ownership so uh, maybe this is the range where you you get a you know you're going to get some two v twos. You're going to see you know, rosters maybe made or, or broken by uh, who performs or doesn't perform from this group. But do you have a take on the Putnam, Svensson, Hostler, Bazudenhout, Hubbard group this week? Yeah. So usually when I run my model, the top point per dollar guys are usually in the mid sevens, low sevens. This week, the top three are all in this uh, 8K range in the five that you just mentioned. Um, number one is Hubbard. Number two is Putnam. Number three is Svensson. So I like all of them. Um, and I think you could build some pretty strong lineups. I mean, if you put three of them in with Tom Kim, you still have 7,300 per golfer left. And uh, I think that's a pretty good salary range. There's some decent lower 7K options. So Really strong range. Uh, Putnam's probably my favorite, just given his course history, three top 20s in his last four appearances here. I think Svensson's the best fit for the course, but for whatever reason, he hasn't been as good in terms of his course history. Um, I'll still play him, but um, that's a little bit concerning. And then, yeah, I mean, Sebez was awesome last week. Uh, T20 here last year, so he would probably be 
my third favorite. Um, actually, my fourth favorite. I like Hubbard too, man. It's it's tough to narrow down which ones. I think Hostler's the odd man out for me. How would you rank? Oh, it's not a Hostler week. Well, I agree with that. It's not a Hostler week for me <laughs> either. So this is um, you can't miss the fairways here, or else you can be in trouble. So that worries me. Yeah, well, I haven't been on him the past few weeks, even when he's been playing better. So I can't hop aboard now uh, on what, in theory, is not a, as good of a fit. So I'm out on Hostler. Um, Hubbard is is my favorite. Uh, I just think combination of safety and upside, and the price is just too cheap. Um, when you look at you know 8K, uh, I think he's 10K on FanDuel. Uh, I think he's the play, and then probably either Putnam or Svensson second. Um, those three guys are, are definitely the ones that uh, that I'll have the most ownership of in this range. Um, I, I think, you know, Svensson is maybe the bigger risk-reward uh, guy of the group, but um, that's probably who – I'm probably out on Cebes. I, I just don't see – he's the guy. I'll, I'll say that I like him a little bit more on harder courses like you did with List last week, and then Cebes is going to go with it. <laughs> That's the uh, curse. One other note on Hubbard. He gained, he's gained 4.9 strokes off the tee in his last two events. That's so the best two-event stretch of his entire career. So if he's hitting the driver well, uh, he could be uh, in contention once again. That's interesting. Uh, well, it's, uh, it's definitely a good trend for sure. All right, let's go to the uh, the next range here. Uh, starts to obviously get a big group of golfers from 7,500-ish to 7,900. Uh, you mentioned this is normally where the best point-per-dollar plays on the model come in, uh, but they're all just a little bit higher this week. Does that mean that this range you just don't like at all, or what's the story with the, with the upper part of the 7K range? Yeah, so it looks like Ben Griffin's going to be the highest owned, and who knows how he's going to react after the meltdown on the back nine on Sunday. Um, if you looked at the shot tracker, he was missing fairways by 40, 50 yards. I mean, he was he was not in the fairway very often. <laughs> pressure just really got to him. I mean, I could see him just coming out and just, you know, not being able to get over the hump and, and struggling this week. So I'm not going to be playing Griffin, especially that ownership. The only play I really like in this range is Justin Suh. He lives in Las Vegas now. Um, one of the best putters in the field. Finished T8 here in 2020. And the last time we saw him, um, I actually brought this up on the show. He had gained stroke. He'd gained at least one stroke putting in 14 straight events, and then he lost strokes putting that week. So um, I cursed him, but uh, he did gain strokes ball striking. So maybe he can uh, marry the two together at uh, a course that he should be very familiar with, uh, living in Vegas. All right. Uh, yeah, I don't hate that play. Um, Davis Thompson has been pretty steady. He's probably going to be one of the more popular plays in this range. I don't like playing him that much as chalk, um, but I, I mean, I think he's fine. I, I don't have a hot take against him other than the ownership. He finished T16 last week uh, at 12 under par. Garrett Kigo, who's in this range, also finished at 12 under last week. Uh, you got my boy Doug Gim in here, um, which, you know, I'm okay with him, but don't necessarily know that this is the best fit for him as well. Um Probably going to have some people on Patrick Rogers. Uh, I know we've kind of both been a Patrick Rogers guy at times in the past. Um, I tend to like him on driver heavy courses like what we saw last week, but 
Um, looks like he's popping in your stuff a little bit. Uh, what do you, you got to take on Rogers here? Or did you already mention him and I missed it? Uh, I mean, he rates out pretty mediocre for me. Um, Oh, that's, I guess that looks like our, our, sorry, I got your numbers mixed up with our no, Roto Grinders no. number. Our Roto Grinders uh, numbers like him a little bit better than yours. Yeah, you're all good. Um, he hasn't played since the BMW Championship, so it's been two full months. Um, no strong take on Rodgers. Yeah, I'll, I'm probably out if he stays in the double digits. Um, I'm definitely out on Griffin for the reasons that you mentioned. Uh, just prefer, instead of going here, to, to get up to those guys right at or above 8k uh, i just think that they're the the better plays overall and then i like the bottom part just like the bottom part of the 8k range i think the bottom part of the 7k range uh is where things really start to to get interesting um some guys that you know that i liked as values last week like akshay batia and nick hardy are down here again this week um i've seen some love for austin Eckrote. Uh, Peter Quest is a guy that I will continue to play on birdie fest courses. This is maybe less of a fit given that uh, he tends to excel with the driver, but uh, I think he can compete here as well. Neesmith had a pretty good week last week. Uh, so there are some interesting options um, in the lower part of the 7K range. Uh, who stands out to you? I was not ready to see Matthew Neesmith at 18% ownership. Uh <laughs> I liked him at the start of the week. I don't know if I can play him at that much. Uh, I mean, the course history speaks for itself. Four straight top 20s, second here last year. His two biggest strengths are hidden fairways and greens. So I like him on paper, but maybe not um, with that ownership. I like the quest call quite a bit. He is a guy that gains a lot of strokes with the driver, but he's also an elite putter. So I think that will help in a birdie fest like this. Other than that, I mean, Martin Laird always seems to play well here. Um, he's made his last five cuts here with the win. So that was the Hondizzle uh, wild okay. tag of the week. He's got Laird tagged at uh, 1.5% ownership. So well, At least we brought him up this week. I, we <laughs> wouldn't have mentioned Norlander without him. but No, uh, Norlander was solely because I saw the dot. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that's uh, – you know, a guy that I think is really interesting for tournaments this week uh, is Troy Merritt. And, yeah. and I, I dug into him a little bit today um was looking at his i'm gonna pull it back up right now but i was looking at his log on the uh, the pga tour site and we haven't talked about this a lot we maybe talked about it on one show over the summer but uh if you go back to january of this year uh troy Merritt started a stretch of what became 14 consecutive miscuts uh let's see three it might be 13 i'm having trouble counting on the fly 13 or 14 consecutive missed cuts and the only made cut in that stretch was the team event at the zurich classic which you know really doesn't count because he was being carried by somebody else so he went from outside of the zurich uh classic from january 22nd to june 25th without a paycheck uh which is obviously not ideal but the interesting part was and I don't remember somebody brought something up about Troy Merritt making the weekend or uh, rooting for him in some capacity and un you know it, it, nobody was asking specifically for it but uh, Troy Merritt really went uh, you know in de in detail about how he was struggling with the yips um, and what he was doing to kind of get over it and then you look at you know after that happened 
uh, sprinkled in a couple miscuts, but T17 at the Rocket Mortgage, T17 at the John Deere, and then he's actually the only player that has finished inside the top 10 in both of the fall swing events so far, T7 at the Fortinet and T9 last week. Uh, so it appears like he's overcome his uh, his putting yips. And um, if that's going to be the case, I mean, Merritt at 7K, he was a guy that before all this happened, you know, was a pretty steady cut maker um, and a guy that we would often, you know, tab as a value on courses like this. Uh, nobody's really going to look at him because you look at his stats last year, you see that he missed, you know, 13 cuts in a row or whatever it was. Uh, but I mean, everybody goes through this. We saw Brendan Todd go through this six or seven years ago, missed 20 some odd cuts in a row. Uh, we've seen Michael Kim go through this, miss about the same number of cuts in a row. Uh, and he's, you know, come back and had a good year. So obviously the results over the last two months have been a lot better. Uh, so yeah, I like Troy Merritt at seven K he's one of my GPP darts for this week. Uh, and we've got him at 4% ownership right now. And I mean, I think there's at least some playable guys down here. Um, Harry Hall's another guy that's somewhat interesting. If you want to go below seven K, uh, Michael Kim, who I just mentioned, you know, is 6,900 isn't, uh, looks like he does grades out, uh, really is he actually the top uh if you sort by noto ranking per dollar it's michael kim at the top so we've come uh full circle here uh with these guys that uh that have been through their ups and downs so anybody else uh, that that you like this week yeah you mentioned harry hall he's actually living in las vegas uh he's finished top 15 here each of the last two years so i like that call um you made a very strong case for merit so i'll be telling you on that one um, yeah, the model does like Michael Kim and Nate Lashley. I'm not particularly looking to force them into lineups, but I think they're fine. Uh, I do like Carson Young. He's an accurate driver of the ball. Um, he's played well in these birdie fests over the last few months. He's a name that we've gotten accustomed to, and he usually treats uh, treats us pretty well. So I think him at 6,900, you know, a couple percentage of ownership is good. Are you playing EVR at uh, 8% ownership? No, I am not. I'm not either, but it's nice to see him actually been decent the last couple months. Yeah, better than that uh, it, that spell that uh, he had. Not obviously not as bad as Merritt with all the missed cuts, but it had been a while since uh, Van Royen had popped. I mean, he's a guy uh, that used to play in the WGCs, like the top fifty in the world. Yeah, and uh, hasn't hardly been a, a DFS factor in in quite a while. Um, Let's see. I'm kind of scrolling through to see if there's anybody else. Uh, EVR is certainly the highest owned guy below 7K. Uh, go back to Norlander, eh? Top uh, five finish, obviously, last week. Uh, still under 7K. I mean, I don't think that's a crazy idea uh, if you think he can keep it going. Oh, I see a, I see a blurb down here. I'm always, always just hunting for... <laughs> hunting for somebody that might be on the radar and uh oh it looks like sobel has tabbed jason duffner this week wow uh let's see missed the cut last week but fourth and t to green uh fourth and fourth and t to green but that usually means about 400th and putting um 400 to one outright uh, but also a sensible low cost dfs play if you're looking to get up to obear or tom kim um i don't know i i i I just uh, – I don't think I can go with Duff Daddy these days. 
Yeah, I think I prefer another veteran in uh, Ryan Moore. I believe he's a Las Vegas guy. Uh, one of the best from 100 to 150, and there's going to be a lot of those shots this week. So don't mind him, but don't think you need to go too crazy in the 6Ks with the, the 8K range being so strong. Yeah, you can build a, you can even get one of the top guys. And again, there's only four golfers above 10K this week. So it's not, and you're not paying like 12K for a Rory or a Scheffler or something like that at the, uh, the top of the list uh, was pulling up the Ryan Moore had a top 10 last year. I would not have guessed that one like here or just in general. No, 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 no. Just in general, oh, okay. the whole year. <laughs> I know that's not a very high bar. Um, he's got two top tens in the last three years, three years ago at the John Deere and on this past January yeah. at Pebble Beach. So. Seven to 24 cuts. Maybe uh, maybe I don't want to play Ryan Moore. <laughs> Although in his PGA Tour picture, he is wearing a, a Aria Resort uh, polo shirt. So, uh, you know, he likes it in Vegas anyway. And uh, UNLV guy, like you mentioned. So uh, anybody else that we think we've covered, uh, covered almost everybody at, uh, that I've got on the list this week? Got to mention Kevin Roy just because he's in the field, and that's it for me. All right. So with that, we will uh, put a wrap on the show for this week. Thanks to all of you for joining us. Even if you're watching us on playback, be sure to hit that thumbs-up button. We do appreciate uh, you acknowledging uh, that you like the show. Subscribe to the Roto Grinders YouTube channel. Uh, you can get notifications whenever we happen to go live. And uh, you can uh, stay in the loop with all of our great content. Of course, uh, with all these sports going on right now, you can get into the Discord. Most of our channels there are free, uh, but check out all of our NFL content. Uh, NBA will be rolling before you know it. Uh, NHL back in full swing as of tonight. Uh, so a busy time of year on the sports calendar, uh, of course, uh, with NFL and, and college football going strong as well. And golf. Uh, with still a decent amount of events here in the uh, the fall swing. So we'll be back here next week, same time, same place. Thanks to Noto for joining me. I'm Justin. Thanks to Steve for producing and working hard behind the scenes for us as well. And uh, best of luck in all your contests this week, everybody. Take care. Mm-hmm.